Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? It's good. I appreciate you uh, coming to the recording in your Professor X cosplay. That's nice. That's thoughtful of yeah. you. No, no, it's it, it's pretty good. I've actually been getting really into it so much so that I wear it every day, just all the time. It's not a costume. No, no, anymore. because you know it's, it's it's not Professor X cosplay because then I'd have to do those insane eyebrows that he has. He did have insane eyebrows. He did, man. Like those, like super intense eyebrows, where it's just kind of like, is that? Did you get? Is that what you created the, the school for gifted youngsters? Because he's like, look, man, my eyebrows are my eyebrows, and, and I'm I've accepted it. But you need to leave me alone about it. Yeah, and you, that's why he hung out with Beast. He's like, eh, I'll I'll look normal next to this weirdo. <laughs> when, when, you, when you're next to a 500 pound giant pink or giant blue Beast, people can care less about your eyebrow situation. Yeah, no, that's legit. He would have been even more distracting if he'd been pink. So, uh. We played X-Men. We played the Genesis uh, X-Men. And Mm -hmm. before we talk about the game at all, uh, I want to go on a rare pre-show tangent. Mm, Uh, Go on. And I I thought about actually bringing this up with you in the pre-show, but I was like, no, I I want him to come into this cold. Sweet, sweet. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we played this game and uh, there's like a theme with the show you, you may have noticed around nostalgia, right? So like, I was like, oh, I kind of want to listen to the 90s X-Men cartoon theme. So mm-hmm. I uh, I was sitting on the couch with Susan, and I was like, hey, grab your Chromebook and uh, look up the, the X-Men cartoon opening. And she was like, yes, okay. So, yes, very so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that like... That kind of led us down a rabbit hole for about 20 minutes of like, like, ooh, now we'll watch this one. Ooh, now we'll watch that one. And and two two crazy left turns. Because you can't, if you're in an unfamiliar city, you're going to go down some bad streets, right? So sure. two, two unpleasant turns happened. Uh, one is I'd never watched the Fantastic Four cartoon. Um, hmm. Yeah, I didn't even, like, I kind of knew it was a thing. But like, gun, gun to my head, it probably would not have been on my list of shows that existed. I think that, that Fantastic Four is an interesting exemplar of being literally the backbone of the Marvel Universe. Like, it is one of their, like, big premiere, like, IPs. And nothing outside of the comic itself has ever had any value whatsoever. Yeah, it's shocking in a strange way. But um, some stuff does, you know, they keep giving it bad writers. They keep giving it bad, you know, showrunners or movie uh, people, you know, it's it's gonna uh, you're gonna end up with garbage, but you're never gonna end up with garbage quite as hot as the opening to the '90s cartoon. Um, it was it like it's unbelievable. It's so unbelievable that like during the viewing, I kind of turned to Susan like, "You screwing with me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no way this is really it." And she was just like, "Yeah, yeah." So then that that reminded me of uh do you remember the x-men opening to the movie they did in the late 90s where like they all had the brown costumes no yeah i didn't think so so uh 
this is where if while I'm mixing this episode, I will actually insert a clip from that theme so people can hear it because it's that unbelievable. But it's one of those that like I was like, oh, was there a different cartoon or maybe it was this other thing? And so then I found it. It's actually from uh, Pride of the X-Men like as in like kitty pride like p-r-y-d-e and it's you know it was like a self-contained movie um but it just has this insane opening theme and i was just like man that's such a dramatic range because like obviously we're going to talk about the music in the game but like there's this huge unreal range of the 90s like fox cartoon was so good like that opening theme is just so good good like it's even good now like as an adult 25 Mm. years later and then this other one was so bad it's so campy and terrible (laughs) like you would never believe that the the terrible one came out later like when they were already riding high like they got too 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 self-confident too (laughs) too like too cocaine crazy they were fueled by by their success and they crashed and burned very uh, I'm a little frustrated because I I was literally going to say like they 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 wrote they 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 like Icarus with his wax wings flew too close to the sun with their cocaine wings you know but um but you got the cocaine reference first man good, good on you yeah so <laughs> yeah. it was it was bound to happen sooner or later <laughs> yes yes um yeah no and actually just to 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 touch on it because we'll obviously touch on it more during that formal section but literally one of my notes is um. The intro music is so terrible. Why didn't they use the music from the show? You know, like, <laughs> but but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, what's your uh, nostalgia experience for this game, if any? So this was no question a Blockbuster rental. Um, I can almost picture the shelf on Blockbuster this game was at because <laughs> it was like, since it's, you know, an X title, it was like between two sections. So there's like the, you know, Super Nintendo section and the Nintendo section and the Genesis section, Game Boy section like that. And it was like right, you know, near the end of the Genesis section. And I I don't think I rented this game like a thousand times. Like it is definitely like, yeah, I rented that a few times, but it it was, I think of all the games we've played, this had the biggest departure between my lived experience and my nostalgia experience in good and bad ways, because, uh, a, a deep down part of me just decided to lump all X-Men games together. And a lot of Mm. the things I was picturing in my mind were the arcade game, which this Mm. is super not. And I knew it wasn't, but like, I could not disentangle those things in my mind until I like sat down with my notepad and I was like ready to critique. And then the game started and I was like, Oh, that, that visual of Magneto is pretty cool. And then I actually started playing and I was like, Oh, right. This is in no way the arcade game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, for me, um, this was one that, uh, my friend, Justin, like he owns this one. And so it was one that, like, you know, we would go over and play. And I definitely remember it feeling bigger um, just because, like, you know, we we would go over there and play it. And, I, and, and you know, because it's, it's, it's well, uh, not the easiest game ever. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, we'd play it and we'd be like, oh, my God, like, we are the X-Men. And, like, oh, and you can be... You can be gambit or nightcrawler or wolverine and 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 you can call upon storm this game has so much to offer you know but then now that i'm like when i played it this time i was like 
did we ever even get past the second stage <laughs> or were we just like losing our minds so hard about like being the x-men that we would play it for 15 minutes throw it down and then they're like i'm wolverine i'm cyclops and just beat the snot out of each other and stop playing the game that that feels pretty like believable and oddly relatable because <laughs> i'm i'm pretty confident that there were times i probably played old teenage mutant ninja turtle games and was like, I don't even care how hard this is because I'm going to go run around in my backyard like an idiot. And like, just completely, like, I got what I needed out of it, right? It's like the difference between people who want, you know, like a froofy, like, almond milk, vanilla latte, which I'm one of these people, by the way, and, uh, (laughs) and, and someone who takes, like, a granola bar that's laced with caffeine, and it's like that person mm. doesn't want to enjoy a caffeinated beverage. They just want to be amped up. And like, yeah. <laughs> I can totally imagine, you know, seven through 12 year olds sitting down to X-Men just to get like all X-Men up yep. <laughs> before they go play X-Men. Yeah. Before they go like be, before they go be the X-Men. Yeah. No, and I'm really, like, like, like as I was playing, I was really just starting to think, I think this was a, a means to an end, not an experience in and of itself, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, but we should, at the very least, you know, pick it apart. So uh, yeah. there were visuals in this game, like most games. Oh, man, yes. someday we should try and find a game with absolutely no visuals. Anyway, um, mm. <laughs> right now you're kind of like, uh, um, but the, the graphics in this game are, uh, they are art pieces in that, there are very few assets that in a static setting I would point to and say I didn't like, but then when you have to like play the game and like interact Mm -hmm. with the world and you see things moving and like it falls apart fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this one is interesting in the sense that, and well, so okay, so with all of the games that we that we do, you know, sometimes I'll recognize something, I'll be like, oh, this is something that I didn't care for, and then immediately think, you know, well, wait, did other games do this? And the only excuse that I have for that is a, I'm you know, human, um, <laughs> and and b is that even if this is an issue in other games, it would not, it must not have been so bad of an issue that like. I didn't wasn't didn't have attention called to it then, or it was not anywhere close to the worst issue. Like, <laughs> yeah, like other games true. also had this problem, but they had so many other problems that it was like you know just in there somewhere. Which is that um, I think it's if you like you said like like if you see you know Wolverine right, um, and, and they showed like his like you know walking animation, jumping animation, all this sort of stuff. You'd be like, yeah, no, no, all that all that looks good, but then. The way that he walks and jumps and all other sort of stuff, and then when anything else is moving, none of it comes together well, you know, in the sense that, like, it feels really stilted somehow, you know? Yeah, every a lot of the animations, I was like, oh, that animation had, like, four keyframes. It probably should have had, like, six. Like, (laughs) because parts of things would be very smooth, and then there would be a frame like Wolverine's a good example when he when he's all snicked and his claws mm-hmm. are out and and he you do like his jump attack he like lunges down at an angle 
Right. But he goes from that position, like a very long, horizontal leg out behind him, arm out in front of him, to uh, standing straight up with his arms down at his side in like one frame. And it's right. just, it's like super jarring because it doesn't look like he moved in that position. It just looks like you blinked at the wrong time and then you suddenly realize like, well, I can't always be blinking at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. And then like, so that'll happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, one of like that'll happen. And then it's like one of the cave people will, you know, throw something or whatever they are, the, the multi-armed savage land bad bad guy sprite the the gyms yeah. okay um, <laughs> they'll, they'll um they will they will throw something at you you know and so then that animation and uh, and you you may actually know more about it than i do because i think that this system is one where like basically so let's say you're doing that downward slash with wolverine hmm. the background and foreground will like move relative to one another yeah, it's called parallax Excellent. So, so I'm learning stuff. <laughs> um, so that'll happen. But when that happens in response to you, like shooting down off the screen while something is moving perfectly linear, all of that just is, it's very um, like cognitively dissonant because I think your brain just says, no, what, where exactly am I viewing this from that all of this, this exact angle played out like this and it just it, it just feels weird it's not the end of the world you know but it just it's constantly like the little thing in the back of your brain going like hey that's not the way reality works you know yeah and and there are certain levels where there's a lot more exposed distant background and then in other levels there's almost zero exposed distant background so that effect isn't even consistent it's not like oh well you'll get used to it eventually it's like no it kind of comes and goes depending on what shape the world is taking right now which makes it harder to adjust to so uh i'm gonna take my first tangent for the uh by the way i absolutely should have called them uh the avatar people the navi and i'm sorry that i missed that opportunity but from henceforth they are the navi (laughs) they are the navi (laughs) uh that that distinctly changes the uh, the narrative of Wolverine. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, also, you guys are are we the bad guys? He, he says like like claws covered in blood. Like, wait, is this? Do heroes do this? <laughs> um, but uh, but no. So uh, um, one of the things that I've been doing um, some reading and research on recently is, uh, and, and I am by no means an expert on it. I am still very much so in the middle of learning this. But is the like eight different types of in, like intelligences? Are you familiar with this at all? Uh, uh, I um, I mean, yes, obviously. But for the listeners' sake, ah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, for the listeners, you know, um, is. So for a while, you know, like obviously we've all heard of IQ, right? Right, right. And so, and IQ has been wildly kind of poked at to be like not not really great, a great way to like measure intelligence, right? Well, and and the way the popular culture sees on it isn't even right. So it's like the science is eh, and then the yeah. way the popular culture grabbed onto it is just wrong. So it's even worse. Yeah, it, it was like taking a a. a a interesting concept that they were using to kind of cludge an idea and then turning it into racism. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, so they decided that was not the way to go. And so what they, the, the, the 
new you know theory um the new hotness is that there are actually eight different intelligences and it's like very specific brain processes that like you know your that work in and of themselves and your brain talking between those different like types of intelligences is reasoning right so you know and and so basically it's like each one of those intelligences is is its own language and them talking to each other the the translation between those two or five intelligences that you'll be using at the same time is your ability to, to like reason right and one of them is spatial right so it's your ability to look at a thing and the example that uh, was given to me i thought was very good it's like if you look at a cabinet and then you were to draw that cabinet you'd be using spatial reasoning because or uh, you know spatial intelligence because you're taking a three-dimensional object and you're placing it in two dimensions right mm. and okay. so weird, weird stuff like the uh, you know like all of Escher's stuff kind of like play around with that kind of you know thing and this is where where I uh, to bring it back to the video game is is like the intelligence that I think was constantly <laughs> raising its hand in the class and being like something's wrong you know <laughs> like and I just couldn't quite ignore it where I was just kind of like yeah no that's not like I, every all of the experience all the intelligence that I've built in this area is telling me that that there's something spatially off here and I just couldn't quite pin it down well, and th this, in, in a, a far less intelligent sounding way, th this is a problem I had throughout, which is I was never totally sure which plane I was on whenever mm. there was more than one plane available um, because the visual might change, but then the game would respond as if I was still in the foreground. And mm. then other times it was like, oh, but now you're in the background. And I was like, I'm uh, like, I'm, yeah. And, and it's like, it it's, the way I was thinking of it, it was like, this is affecting my ability to problem solve because mm. I'm looking at the world and I'm like, can I walk behind that? Am I supposed to walk behind that? Is, is walking behind that even a thing I should be giving consideration to? Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I, and like I, my, my first playthrough, cause I, I got, you know, several sessions and my, my first playthrough, I spent an almost embarrassingly long amount of time not realizing I could walk behind the waterfall because mm -hmm. I was just like, well, I haven't, I mean, I've walked behind like a few trees, but every other time I've been near water, it hasn't like really been a, like, what do I, what am I supposed to do here? And, where do and I there do? Are, <laughs> where do I go? And there's lots of little, um, like gaps in the cliffside where mm -hmm. you have to jump over them, even though they're tiny because they're trying to trip you up because they're jerks. And yep. And I was like, well, I don't want to get too close to the waterfall because, like, what if I just plummet to my death? So, like, I actually – I probably spent realistically, like, three to five minutes just being like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll try and jump or something. And then I, like, did a half jump and walked right behind it. And I was like, oh. oh. And, and that uh, gets even more egregious in the the second level, the spaceship. The would you Whose spaceship is that? She are. Them. Um <laughs> Duh, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> because, um, because uh, when you're on uh, Ridley Scott's ship, there, it's uh, there's like a bunch of doors and I think stuff. Ridley Scott's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> there's, a bunch, there's a bunch of doors and things you have to go through, and you have to like awkwardly like jump or drop to go mm -hmm. through those doors. And it's not only are the controls kind of clunky to make it happen, because sometimes you need to do it like sort of quickly, but 
there aren't really good visual indicators that that's a thing I even need to be thinking about. So right. to to tie my comment back to yours, um, it's almost like I'm looking at a picture of a cabinet and I'm like, there's got to be some way to open this. I mean, <laughs> it looks like a flat picture, but I need to put all these dishes somewhere. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm like fumbling at this drawing like an idiot because it's three dimensional, but I'm only seeing it in two dimensions. And it, it was just, it's, I mean, it, you could argue like, ah, oh, it's bad, it's bad design, like it's bad graphics, like there's ways they could have created depth. And and I think those things are true, like no question. The The design issue that I think is being surfaced is that they have different cues that are used in different places and they're inconsistent. So you can't just learn, oh, wherever parallax is happening, that means you can go behind a thing. Or, oh, wherever there's a shadow, that means you can go in front of the thing. Or, oh, wherever X, then Y. Like, there's no consistency in that. So whether or not any of those design choices would have been the right one, we'll never know because they just used all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they they, they kind of barrage you because, yeah, and on the Shi'ar ship, I got... I, I I've noticed that and this is this is just a, a general human failing of my own is that once and we've discussed this with movies in particular where I will take like between two to seven fourth wall breaks before <laughs> I completely abandon like the thing and now I just I, like where I, where I just get to the point where I'm like you know what I'm just looking for problems now I I, I, I am not in the moment anymore and this really started to get there where I felt like it, and, and I know that when I'm starting to get to this point with a game it doesn't I should I should stay dispassionate so we can do a, a proper <laughs> scientific review but I I noticed that when I get to a particular emotional state where I'm like this is indicative of not not the best game which is like explain to me exactly why I should give a damn about any of this you know like, <laughs> which is yeah, so like I and, and and on the Shi'ar ship was when I started to get there because it was just kind of like okay, well I need to go behind this thing. No, wait, in front of this thing, and apparently I need to take a knee and then slam my knee so hard into the ground that I move forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and like okay, all right, that's fine. But the, oh, the bad guy can still hit me. Okay, well that's cool. But now I'm going to go behind the thing. Can he hit me when I'm behind the thing? No, he can't hit me when I'm behind the thing. But he can hit me when I'm one like row up but still in the foreground. And I was just kind of like, Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. And the, the only saving grace for it was, uh, I played, I don't know, let's say five sessions of this, like to, to, you know, make sure I'd done as much research as I could. And, uh, total, it was actually more time than I, I thought. Cause I've been busy with work stuff and I know you're busy with work stuff. So like it, it worked out fine. Um, I started to make my peace with it when I realized the BS was consistent enough that as long as I was willing to memorize the rules, I wouldn't get cheated. So like Mm. when you realize, okay, on this kind of, you know, when there's a mesh in front of you and you're behind it, no one in the foreground can hit you. And if right. you, if there's an open door and you're standing in the doorway, but you haven't jumped up into the background, then they can hit you, right? Like it, it was annoying and I didn't always agree with the, the outcome of my experiments, but they were, as far as I could tell, completely consistent. So, well, sorry, what, just to, to oh, no, go on. 
what I was going to say is, 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 and this actually speaks back to the thing. And sorry, I've, like I said, I've been kind of elbow deep in, in research in this, so I'm going to probably bring it up three or <laughs> four more times. Which is to say that that so what what's happening there is is and and please, if any of our listeners are way more familiar with this theory than I am, um, you know, uh, be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go outside your house. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that is a multi-episode callback. It's really um, funny. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, is um is so basically the the ideal intelligence to use for that is spatial reasoning, right? Because but the problem is that they are being so super inconsistent that that intelligence doesn't really know how to do with that. So you are actually cludging different intelligences in order to make up for it. So basically, what you're using is and there may be a better one, but like closer like mathematical logical, where you're just kind of like your brain is coming up with these discrete rules and you're just <laughs> memorizing them at this point, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, like you're like, okay, if A, then B, if B, then C. And so that's the part of your mind that you are now throwing at this problem because it's not using, it's, it is not allowing you to leverage the part of your mind that you should be to solve this problem. Which, which almost makes it like a, um, uh, like an optical illusion where it's like, okay, I know that these two grays are the same gray, but my brain refuses to believe it, but I, I need to know it. Like, I know these two grays are the same gray, but my eyes are lying to me because brains are dumb. Like, in yep. this, it, brains are dumb in this particular way. And, and that's, uh, it doesn't make for, like, a super exciting experience, but it changes the gameplay in an interesting way. And I, I don't want to diverge too much from the visuals, but, like, it changes the gameplay in an interesting way because... Now it's almost like a um it's almost like a memory game or like a Simon style game because mm-hmm. I would get to a certain part of the level because I died a lot. I would get to a certain part of the level <laughs> and I would be like, okay, jump here, do this, duck down, shoot that guy in the knee, he explodes, haha, jump over here, now I'm in the background, yep. so that guy can hit me, so I don't have to worry about him. Like it was I was like, I don't want to memorize this game like I'm going for the world record speed run, but it's the only way I can interact with this environment without clawing my eyes out. <laughs> like it's, it's right. a, and and I don't think that would that's not sustainable. Like I wouldn't want to do that any more than I had to. But it it was a a tolerable workaround for this problem in this instance. Yes, yes, and actually, I think that that this is something I would start thinking of with with video games is. Perhaps one of the problems that we have is when is not what intelligence the the game is pulling from because the awesome thing about games and education is that you can kind of use them to work on all of them you know and different ones that's the the flexibility of that whereas if you say hey we need you to memorize all this stuff by road it's like you're really only driving one intelligence no matter which thing you're learning you know yeah if you're memorizing but, music or Shakespeare or math. You're just memorizing it. Yeah, you're just memorizing. But all of that being said, um, is the the frustration comes when the game is unclear which one you are supposed to be using. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, Uniracers, uh, which we played a while <laughs> back. But like one of the fr- things that came that I was frustrated with was I was like, the game moves too fast for me to improvise, and so but the game wants you to memorize it. You know, like it wants you to. And we played a couple of games where. We've said the only way to beat this game is to memorize by rote, you know, like the way to play it. And it's like, well, and those games can be very interesting and not frustrating, but it's they're not frustrating when they do a good job telegraphing that that is what you're supposed to be doing, as opposed to you spending quite some time desperately trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. until all of a sudden you're like, 
and you put the square peg down and you go rummage in your closet and you get the round peg and you shove it in there like that. That's where the frustration comes from is when you're trying to play the game in a way it's not supposed to be played. And and I don't, I don't wouldn't say it's necessarily the designer's fault, but when I show up to an action platformer, I am not thinking rote memorization. Like, right. I, I'm just, I'm just not. And I don't, I don't believe most people are like when most people sit down to play, I mean like Mario or Sonic, right? The quintessential platformers. I don't think those people are like, Oh, I can't play this game. I don't have world one, one memorized anymore. And it's like, no, but you'll figure it out. Like <laughs> you'll, or, right. or Mega Man's probably the best example, right? So much teaching through level design. Like you're never going to memorize those levels unless you're going for a world record speed run. Like you're just, you'll, you do what you need to do when you need to do it. But so much of particularly the second level, I was just like, okay, I guess this is the door. I have to do the thing that my brain is like, why are you doing that? And it was just, it was just consistently like kind of disheartening in, in a way. Yeah. Um, but once I forced myself into the memorization pattern, the thing that became satisfying about that is um, lasering people in their kneecaps and watching them explode. So <laughs> I, f- I found my joy. <laughs> it just and, did not and- come from where I expected and I'm super glad that you bring up um, Cyclops' laser because I have two other notes in visuals, um, and they both revolve around Cyclops. One is, <laughs> um, like, Cyclops' laser in the sense that this is now, I believe, not the second consecutive, but the second in quick succession, where I'm like, I now really want to know at what point in video game visual design we became able to do lasers right because I swear to God, if I see one more dumb tic tac flying across the level and like like whack whack sadistically like slam into my opponent, I'm like, that's not what lasers look like. This looks weird. See, that's another good callback. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I was just like, I fired a laser and I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean. So, so I just I want to know at what point you know the, the the laser animation got out of bed and said, you know what, I'm done being a red tic tac. It's time to wear my big boy pants today, and became an actual good laser animation. Are, do you know for sure that that happened? Like, have you seen the other side of the valley, and now you just want to know where the valley is, or do you just believe that there's another side to the valley? Oh, I mean, because I mean, there there are tons of uh, of video games now where you know lasers i think are handled very well you know okay i was just Um, making sure but but i mean like i did the ones that come to mind are like mass effect and i'm sure that there's somewhere between you know toy story (laughs) the the, the snes video game and mass effect 3 where they (laughs) you know (laughs) maybe maybe that's why that game was successful they were like finally finally we we finally nailed it (laughs) Um, so all of that, and uh, man, I wish I had one-tenth of the confidence that Cyclops has with his walk animation. Dude, struts. <laughs> like, like he basically, that's the, the, oh, remember back in, in college when we do the, the, like, pounding the fist walk? Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's that's it. that is that is Cyclops all the time. Like he's just walking around, you know, like just just basically punching into the air directly below his waist. Like as he walks every time, like, oh yes, oh yes, I am going to go home and I am going to have 
all of the sex with Jean Grey. Like that is that is what I'm doing with my afternoon. What are you doing with yours? Anything else? Too bad. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually have in my notes um lol at all the goofy marching walks everyone does. <laughs> Be- because uh it it's indisputable that Cyclops is definitely trying to compensate for something with that walk. <laughs> and and that's fine. I'm not I'm not judging him. I hope he gets the self-confidence he deserves. He's a leader. He's he's strong mutant. Yeah. He doesn't need to put on airs. Um but <laughs> apparently he doesn't need to put on spandex, but you know, we digress. I assume that was Professor Xavier's doing. He was like, Yes, you all need to wear these skin tight costumes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> maybe that's why he's strutting because it's the only way he can, you know, wear that stuff and not feel stupid. He's like, man, I just got to I go got to go to town with that because, you know, got to own Professor, it. Professor Xavier's just kind of like, you know, listen, um, you have a brilliant tactical mind. You have um, a beam of light that can shoot from your eyes. That It is important that we teach you to learn how to hone, focus and train so you don't only are not a danger to yourself and others, but you can leverage that to be a mutant that can help save mankind. I need you to wear this purple like spandex suit. <laughs> what, what, what was that last part? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, does he have the dumbest costume? Let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> four hours later. <laughs> um, so uh, Wolverine has, you know what? There's almost like a, an evolution of man thing going on because <laughs> Nightcrawler is like down and all hunched. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he actually puts his hands on the floor when he walks, but like they're close. He's like very, yeah. very horizontal. Wolverine is like <laughs> kind of kind of shoulders forward. Like he's a little like like he's uh, if you've ever seen a movie where like the the, the bad guy is coming and like, oh man, like he's coming, like he's going to beat the crap out of us or he's going to kill me or something like he's like that. Like he's kind of animalistic. I mean, it's very Wolverine, right? He's like shoulders yeah. forward, bent awkwardly forward at the waist. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah it, Gambit, it, it kind of has like a, a more natural walk. He probably walks like the most normal. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then Cyclops is like, no, I walk the most normal. <laughs> Look at how normal my walk is. You're like, ooh, tone, tone it down there, blue man. Um, yeah, I think the reason why <laughs> Wolverine walks like kind of like hunched forward at an angle is because he's just kind of a little bummed because he knows that eventually his story ends with him holding his heart in his hands. Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, just, let's just go on. Um, God, the movie's so good. It's so good. It's so if you haven't watched Logan yet, get get your life to get, quit your job, leave your family, go watch Logan. Take take the members of your family with you that will watch it and if they put up any resistance, they're dead to you forever. So yeah, they're, they're gone. Um so the the thing that bothered me is not just the the postures cuz I I kind of think it's nice that they have different um like walk animations. Because they they did a good job of making each character feel different when you played them and look different and and move different and everything. Um, They all walk at a speed so frustratingly slow. (laughs) It's true. And and it is definitely the most pronounced with Cyclops because he's just like, I have places to be. And it's like, yeah, why don't you run there then? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you get (laughs) 
Why don't you get there at a speed slightly faster than a slow saunter? Yeah, why are you power walking everywhere? Is it what are you like are you retired cyclops? Like is this how you keep fit? You put on your little you put on your little uh, swim goggles and you go for a power walk on a humid morning, sweat out some of the toxins of a life lived as a mutant. Like get where you're going. This is important. This is this is important. No, he's just hourly. I, like, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, look man, I'm getting paid by the hour and uh oh man, I just I I it, Got to get from point A to point B, and I got to feed my kids. So, you know, I got I got to feed my weird future child who has a robotic arm and a, and a strange eye. He's, he's got a lot of medical issues. Hold your fire. That escape pod is empty. Hold your fire. What are we paying by the laser now? You don't do the budget, do you, Tim? <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, so that that's that pretty much my feelings on the graphics is that the environments and the characters all look great in isolation. And then mm-hmm. playing them as a game is uh, super janky. Um, uh, okay, so. I hated the sound so much. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> like the visuals, fine. I mean, like you said, you know, like I, I, I could, you can poke at them, and there's there's some stuff to poke at, you know. But I mean, <laughs> honestly, whatever. But I'm, the, the I'm just, sound? I'm overwhelmed with delight that anyone who uses the chapter markers in the episode is like, <laughs> that's the opening to this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The people were like, man, I don't really, I, I just want to listen about the, the, the audio this time. I hated it. No, it was. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's okay. bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like it's it shockingly is. bad. It is. It's, 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 it's kind of a master class in bad. Cause first of all, to be fair, to be fair, they do kind of telegraph right off the bat, like, hey, here's the thing, man. Decisions needed to be made, and we made the wrong one right <laughs> off the bat. Brace up, because we didn't start making good ones later. Like, well, and was, I, I think it's important to divide up the, the music and the sound effects, right? Because we, we normally do that, but the music is very 90s comic book action cartoon. Like, it's it's very inoffensive. It's actually, in some spots, it's even pretty okay, but it's very... Genesis instrument set uh, 90s style music and I have nothing else to say about it because oh my god the sound effects the sound effects are so terrible the only thing I have to say about the music is something that we alluded to before which was you know I was like I queued it up and I was like yeah man here we go I'm ready for nope, nope, I was like yes and it was like weird not that music and I was like why would it ever not be that music I was like Wait a minute. It's fine. This isn't the arcade game or the cartoon. <laughs> this isn't the arcade game at all. But uh but yeah, so anyway, so you know, but I press press play, got through that, and then uh it, it was all downhill from there because oh my god. So wh- I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start with the, the noise the pterodactyls make? And and you you listen to that noise and tell me there's a god. You know? <laughs> like it's just why does that happen? It it uh, it's just so screechingly awfully loud. It's almost as bad as um, the death sound effect from Golden Axe. You know? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a like, lot like that. Yeah, it's not like that level of, of of horribly offensive. Well, the the thing that I mostly felt about the sound effects that were so frustrating is how like deflated and flat and uninspiring they are because when they do 
an interesting sound. Like perfect example is the uh, the 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 tic tac noise that Cyclops makes when he <laughs> when he fires his tic tac eyes. Um, it it makes like a it makes like a laser noise. Like it, you know, I mean, it's a made up thing, so you gotta kind of have a made up sound for it. Like real lasers right. do not pew pew. Like so, you know, it's fine. Um, the uh, the noise that Gambit makes when he's like charging his cards. And it's kind of like a, a mystically, magically like, and I was like, okay, that's, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they would make that noise, but they want the player to know that they've taken an action, right? So I, I get it. And uh, even when uh, Storm comes in and does her cool little thing, and it, it does, it's like a whistle, but it's supposed to be like a super high wind, mm-hmm. and it's like, like that's a very 16-bitty way to make uh, like a, a high pitched wind sound effect. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, and there's like a little crash, you know, like the fluttering of the wind, like eh, totally fine, totally fine with that stuff. But then like when, when enemies die, they just kind of go like pop. And like mm-hmm. when, when you get hit, you like sort of make like a flop. And like when bosses die, they're like animations at first from the danger room. So they make like a crackly noise and like mm-hmm. everybody who has like a shooty or a throwy thing, it goes like whoosh. Like it's just everything is just flat and uninspired and boring. Like it's just boring. Like the visuals are so yeah. supercharged and it's the X-Men and like the, the universe is interesting and the game has got an interesting story and all the sound effects are just like whoosh, punch, arg. <laughs> Oh, no, this is happening. Yeah, I, actually the specific um, note that I have was um, – First of all, I have uh, pterodactyl sound effects. Makes you want to claw your eyes out. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I also have, why do my, okay, so like when you're punching, right? Why do my hands make farting sound effects? Yeah, they do. They kind of because like, flop, 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 flop. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I'm like, am I, I mean, am I punching that hard? You Wait, know? no, here, I'm actually, I'm going really to really explain this. So, uh, you're, you're, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> George, just hear me out. You too. <laughs> Follow me on this one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the jungle. It's hot. You're sweaty. It's sure. ac- action, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're tense because your life is on the line, and you're wearing spandex. So every time you throw a punch, it's making like the armpit fart noise, like kids used to do, like in elementary school, and maybe later if they weren't very cool, um, <laughs> or earlier if they were way <laughs> cool. Um, so, so it, cool. yeah. So it, it's like a, it's like a. From like your 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 spandex like pulling tight against your muscular delts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are are you happier knowing? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Never wanna know. And but to be fair, I did ask. Yeah, I did, did ask. Did. So you know, I mean, you can't you, you, you can't start trying to mine demon energy and then get upset when some <laughs> demons show up. <laughs> Uh, but um, all oh, this is true. Yeah. So no, it just uh, yeah, all of them, and I think that may be why the pterodactyl sound. And I think there are a couple of other sound effects that make similar ones to that. Um, was so offensive was because everything else is just that kind of flat, disinteresting, like blurb, flurb, nerb, screech, and you're like, God, what, why, why, and and it would just. And and something you have like no control over. So I mean, honestly, if somebody said like, "Hey, man, we're gonna make this great game," and you got these awesome mutant powers, and that's kind of like the whole shtick. And when you use them, that makes this terrible noise. I'm like, "Oh, well, it's just a 
desaturated platform because I'm never going to use that power. But I, I had no control over it. And, uh, and, uh, and that got so frustrating. And honestly, like, as, as worked up as I am about the sound, like, I don't really have that many notes on it because it was just all so, it was either horribly, like, shrill and piercingly awful or just, you know, the, the, the most lackluster of, like, meh. So, I mean, it's like, I don't even have that many notes on it. The sound is that bad that, like, it does, it, I, it screwed me twice because I hated it when I listened to it. Now I can't even hate on it <laughs> properly during the podcast. Damn you. <laughs> well, and th- this was uh, like most of my thoughts were just, I- I'm genuinely shocked for how unimpressive the sound effects are. And part of me is like grasping for straws. Like, well, is it because they were trying to keep the sound effects out of the instrument range of the music so that the sound effects and the music mm. could be happening at the same time or did they honestly feel like these were the right ways for these things to sound? Like, I'm, I, I don't want to attribute malice where we only have deaf sound engineers will do, but like, I don't know how some of these decisions got made. Like when, uh, one of the, the bonus X-Men that you can call in to help you, uh, is, uh, was it Archangel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he shoots his little uh, angel wing tip thingies, and it's like super useful. And he comes flying in, and it goes, whoop, 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 and it's like that. You know that noise really does not do justice to how useful and important that thing was. And then like when you call Rogue, it's it's almost like a little musical cue. It's like, Bwana-na. and I'm like, did it? Is that is that the noise she makes? <laughs> is that her? But, but specifically with her mouth like she just comes in she's like Buenana! and like no see I, I prefer to think that that's like the sound she makes when she flies like the hmm. sound of her flying is like it's not sonic booms like behind a jet craft it's just like Buenana, 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 Buenana. <laughs> you're like that's like how the villains know like ah rogue is coming Buenana, Buenana, Buenana. <laughs> it's just the, the choices are just e- even like when uh when wolverine's claws pop out i n- i know i don't know how i would make uh the the, the snicked. snicked noise using the sega genesis hardware what they chose is not what i probably would have chosen and i'm not saying i could have done better i'm saying i don't know that i would have chosen like pop or like, you know the the yeah. totally disinteresting noise that it makes like it's just everything is just bland and boring like uh uh cyclops's little eye tic tacs are okay i kind of like gambit's noise gambit to be fair when i was a kid he was my favorite so i'm like a little partial to him uh oh gambit was also my favorite high five um but uh but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh nightcrawler's noise like when he he bamfs um which, to be fair, is super different than like the way it's displayed in the cartoon or the the comics because it has to be. You need to know where the character is, um, but right. it makes like a cool like wah wah, wah kind of noise. And I'm like, yeah, all right, that's like a, it's like a wah wah noise. Like I get it, I'm I'm invincible. Um, God, everything else, like everything else, every other noise is just even when you are fighting the bosses, which we'll talk about that. But when you're fighting the bosses and you hurt them. The okay, a boss took damage noise is badink. I was just like, really? Yes. Like that's the noise the juggernaut makes as my 
adamantium claws tear through his flesh is badink. Like it just. Uh. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, which is um, the sounds and to a degree the visuals are um, antithetical to the game feel. You know. So, which is, and I think a bosses, bosses are a good example of it and a good transition into some of the mechanical stuff that I, I have some problems with, um, is, uh, is like, so when I was fighting the juggernaut, you know, I was like just swinging wild on him, you know, and I had no idea if I was hurting him. It took me a couple of seconds to like seconds, you know, maybe even a minute to look and, and go, oh, he has a life bar. It's just at the bottom left-hand side of the screen, and it's it looks almost like a part of the environment. And and the thing is, it's a life bar in that it has, like, little tick marks, but, it like, when he loses life, it doesn't show the absence of life. Those tick marks just cease to exist. So since I had been dealing him damage, it was actually becoming harder for me to notice that I was dealing him damage because his life bar was actually visually smaller. And so all of that happened. And just the fact that, you know, this sound effect is also so lackluster that it doesn't make you feel like you're doing any damage. You know, when you summon Archangel in order for literally to have an Archangel smite <laughs> your enemies, it's like, nerp. Oh, okay. All right. And so it, it just, they, they don't, they don't work well together. They don't do a great job mechanically showing you like like anything that is going on. Like, you know, they don't do a good job conveying information and they don't do a good job selling the feel of the game. They don't do the worst job. I think we have definitely seen worse, but uh, I've seen it done way better, way better. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll circle back on this uh, when we, we do our, our wrap up. But like I was, the sound, the visuals. I was like, well, I mean, it's an old game. Like it's it's dated. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give him like a little bit of a pass. The the sound, the music was was all right. Like it was kind of neither here nor there. The sound effects really took the wind out of me in a shocking way. Like they brought my overall enjoyment down a lot. Like uh, like yes. when you're in high school or college, and it's like, oh crap, I I have an A paper. I'm gonna hand it in. But I can only get a B because it's two days late, right? Or like, or worse, it's like, I have a C plus paper and I'm going to hand it in, but it's two days late. So the best I can do is like a D plus, right? It's just like the sound effects, no matter how well a level's designed, no matter how interesting some of the mechanics are, no matter how visually pretty it is, just every time anything makes a noise, it's either uninspiring to the point of inducing like anger and frustration, or it's like eardrum piercing to the point of inducing anger and frustration. And to have both of those things so side by side, like you are so meh, I'm mad at you and you are so annoying. I'm mad at you is it's like bizarre. Like it didn't make me want to not play the game, but I was like, man, I'm just, I'm like defeated. Like I'm really frustrated that this is my critique of the sound is that the sound just pisses me off. Yeah. The sound, the sound makes me angry. But um, but but speaking of bosses, uh, I did really um, did, did go into mechanics. I thought I thought that all the bosses were pretty even-handed and fair in the way that they interacted with the player, and I thought that there was a very nice build over time with how they became more difficult. Um, your thoughts? Uh, yeah. So um, we obviously <laughs> played different games. I'm I'm now realizing <laughs> uh, because my problem with the bosses 
is that uh, I obviously played on amateur. I assume you played on amateur, yes. which I love that. I love <laughs> that little dig, right? It's not easy mode. It's amateur mode. It's like, screw you, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just here for a good time. You don't have to be a dick about it. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm playing on amateur. It makes the levels far more reasonable in terms of difficulty. Um, we didn't even talk about the hitbox, which is shocking, but we're about to get to it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you, you make it through the level and like the, my first couple times I was like, all right, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but I'm getting a feel for the controls and interacting with the, the enemies and stuff. And I'm like, I see their patterns and I'm like, okay. And so like by my, my penultimate and ultimate play session, I was like knocking down Navi, like left and right. Like there were just no match for me, which was cool. Right. Cause you feel like, like a superhero, like the actual Navi. Yeah. Like, I mean, they did not put up much of a fight. So like, um, you know, <laughs> Actually, they put up way too much of a fight, but in like the eleventh hour, it was weird. It was like, why'd you wait to bring out these hardcore warriors? Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so like I'm I'm like marching through the level. I'm like cyclopsing people all over the place with my tic tacs and snicked and you know mfers and like I'm I'm feeling pretty good about life. And then like you get to Juggernaut, and I had a similar experience to yours in like I don't think I'm dealing him any damage, but it's because I wasn't mm-hmm. dealing him any damage. And mm. I have to to the moment of this recording not fully understood what actions did and did not inflict damage on a boss other than the the like the bonus X Men because right that that was uh, okay no I'm glad it wasn't just me because that was <laughs> the, the that was the only way I, I was able to beat him was I just I just kept nothing I was doing was working he was just wrecking me yes. you know and so I was just kind of like. Oh, okay. Well, uh, time to call in the the A team, and so uh, so yeah. I think I called in Storm and an Archangel, and that was enough to l- lay him out. And 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 unfortunately, then that taught me uh, a lesson that I don't think the game was trying to teach me, which was always save all of those X Men until the very end, yep, yep, yep. which makes the game decide. So one of the things that I I uh, done some reading on that I think is very interesting is that. Or it was a it was a, a quote that um, that people have shown to be true time and time again, which is players will optimize the fun out of your game if you let them. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes, we will. And <laughs> yeah, because we want we want to you know beat the game and you know, like be like oh we're smart and clever. It's like yeah, but you, you you know you made it not fun, right? You took fun and you made it unfun. <laughs> so like that this was a great example of that was the minute that that happened i said okay only use these people at the very end against bosses and that makes the bosses decidedly less fun it makes the game as a whole decidedly less fun and i did it every time because that's the way you play yeah and and the thing that irritated me about uh the bosses on the the regular x-men's attacks is uh wolverine claws out slashy downy uh seem to do mm-hmm. damage against bosses but some of the bosses are not playing that game, and when you slash you downy, there's a good chance they're going to knock you out of the air and just eat your lunch. Um, right. Gambit's cards sometimes did damage, but I was not able to determine what the difference between when they did and didn't do damage was. Uh, and then, uh, similar with Cyclops' face, uh, sometimes his face did damage, sometimes it did not. Um, and Nightcrawler, I didn't even attempt i don't think him turning invincible does damage to the enemy ever so i didn't even attempt that um right. but like th- this was my experience was like exactly like yours okay i can't use any of my cool superpowers anywhere in the level 
I have to wait till I'm at the boss because if I miss with Archangel or I miss with, well, Storm can't really miss, but if I miss with Archangel, if, you know, Storm only does a little bit less damage than Archangel can because you potentially have three hits. Um, and if I miss with Rogue, because Rogue always misses, um, <laughs> then all I have left is to stand in a corner as Gambit and just be like, card, 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 card. Hey, buddy, and- <laughs> you, you you have Ice Man. He, wanna he, you you wanna call Ice Man? No, no. Huh? <laughs> why, why, why don't you just go sit over there in the corner? <laughs> okay. Go, go make yourself a nice chair and face the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So I definitely think um, that 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 was was a huge a huge issue was just you know maximizing the fun out of it. One of the things. Um, that okay, so I am a big proponent of, especially the more that we've that we've played these games, um, a proponent of of mechanical easy modes, right? So where you can basically be clever in finding like a way to cheat the system, and then just then if you want the game to be harder, you just naturally don't don't do that one, you know, um, because that's not like maximize because it's the opposite kind of of maximizing the fun out of the game where it's just kind of like if you if you do this right then you make the game super easy and then you're like oh okay well now i choose to play the game how i want to play it which is something that i think is good i thought they had a missed opportunity here um because wolverine doesn't heal right and it's well no okay so wolverine heals this imposter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this dumb. so maybe maybe actually wolverine's not a playable character morph is yeah. <laughs> it, it's just mistake that, that that's, yeah, that's just, the end of the game you find out she was working for magneto the whole time i mean dude the headcanon accepted <laughs> now whenever somebody's like oh man wolverine was my favorite character wolverine wasn't in that game mystique was um but uh but no so so Wolverine doesn't heal, which, by the way, it's 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 irresponsible, um, you know, attention to source media like this, which is why for a few years as a kid, I thought Wolverine's superpower was his claws and that he did not have a healing factor. It wasn't until like later where I was like, oh, man, I was super wrong about that. And more importantly is I was super sure I was right, which means I made some other 12 year olds <laughs> feel really bad about themselves <laughs> when I was, in fact, wrong. <laughs> It's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure it's good. So, um, so, but <laughs> with all of that being said, is that if the reason why he doesn't heal is because your mutant energy regenerates over time, right? And so, if and your health doesn't, so he would therefore be the only person that actually has nearer to like infinite health, kind of a thing, mm. you know, and. And that, and at first I was like, well, that's why they did it, because playing that character would be so much easier. And then I was like, and that's why they should have, <laughs> you know? Because then it would be like, you know, because it, it would just be a thing where it's, it's like, what, what do you want to do? Well, I just want to get through this game. Like, I want to go, I want to go punch Apocalypse in his dumb face. It's like, then play as Wolverine. Wolverine re- regenerates health, and he is soup, makes the game way easier, even on like amateur mode, right? And, uh, and it's like, and if you, you know, want a challenge play as any of the other x-men because god knows on the the playground you're not gonna get any 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 playground points any clout for saying yeah i beat the x-men video game with self-healing wolverine people are gonna be like go sit in the corner if you would just go make a nice chair so 
<laughs> so that we we've we've been complaining about this game a lot, and uh, it deserves it. But there there's an interesting thing they did that I think dovetails really closely to what you're describing, which is uh, at any time in any level you can change between Gambit, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Cyclops. And you can just literally mm-hmm. open the, I mean, it's essentially the pause menu. You can pause the game, switch to one of the other X-Men, and then for some reason there's an additional button you have to push because God forbid that was only one step. And they <laughs> they make you into, you know, the other one, the one you are bamfs out and you appear as the other one. Um, and that's cool because, uh, like, Cyclops can jump weirdly high and, like, Wolverine can also jump weirdly high, but only if you like mash the controller in a certain way. And like <laughs> Nightcrawler is like a slightly smaller target when, cause when he ducks, he's like kind of sideways cause of the way he kicks and, uh, you know, Gambit also does like a weird screw attack when he jumps. I, I don't know. I didn't understand that. And Cyclops is makes like a weird noise. Anyway, um, I thought it was a very cool opportunity to be like, oh, okay, there's going to be times when I need to use uh, Cyclops Tic Tac face or I need to use Gambit's cards to like, you know, hit something at a distance that's at like a weird angle or I'm going to have to like bamf through a wall as Nightcrawler and uh, the amount of times they draw on that is like once in the first three levels, literally once and then yeah. Every other time, it doesn't matter who you are, and you just get to pick. And the reason that I think they had to design the levels that way is because you have zero lives. If you die as Cyclops, Cyclops is out. If you die as Wolverine, Wolverine is out. And the the way they essentially bake in the life system is once you die as all four X Men, the game is over. Mm. And that, but that's that's a dumb way to do it. Like it's a really <laughs> dumb way to bake in the live system. And I understand like thematically it works. Cause it's like, yes, all of the X-Men have been defeated, stupid. So now everybody's done, but it's like, it makes the game less interesting because they're all interchangeable inside of the levels. They should have made the levels rely on swapping your X-Men in and out. Oh, there's a thing over mm-hmm. there that is only activated when Cyclops throws Tic Tacs at it. Oh, there's a thing over here that can only be destroyed by Wolverine. Uh, there's a thing over here that can't be destroyed by anybody, and you have to bam through it as Nightcrawler. Like, the level design could have been so much more interesting, but instead, it's confusing platformers where you can never tell what freaking plane of existence you're in, and once everybody dies, then you're just done in Magneto's smug 16-bit face, which is very thoughtfully rendered, comes on to tell you yes. that you suck. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I think that um, I, I think that you make a very good point, which is to say that that what they kind of thought their core engagement is is not really engaging. <laughs> which is you know because they were like, oh yeah, you know you're gonna jump on platforms and punch people in the face, it's gonna be fun. It's like yeah, yeah, and I mean it's not, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but what could have been fun would have been a very interesting, basically like themed puzzle game that also has punching some people in the face right one of the other things that um so so yeah like, like you said like you know it is it it it's something they could have been a lot of fun but instead all the characters are interchangeable and you know so you might as well just stay as cyclops until he is on death's door it, it would have just been just as easy to have made to have given each character four times a life and have them share a pool of life, you know? Totally. Um, similar, similar to that is uh, one of the things that they 
did do that I thought was actually like a choice in the right direction was um your the fact that your mutant power regenerates is a good idea. I do not feel that it regenerates fast enough. Um because like I I went out of like with Wolverine's claws, let's take for example, right? 80% of the time I did not use them because I was super afraid that I was going to need them. You know, and you don't rege- your mutant powers, though it does regenerate, um, which is a good again, that that is the right decision. Your mutant power should regenerate, but it regenerates so slowly that I was just worried that I'd get three quarters way through the level and be like, oh, I need all of this mutant power all of a sudden. And Wolverine's claws, Cyclops's eyes, Gambit's cards, none of them are so powerful, in my opinion, that if you spam them constantly, it's game breaking. You yeah, know, it's you know what it is, is uh, somebody when the design team went into the room and they wrote up on the whiteboard, they were like, okay, we, we can't have people just spamming their superpowers. Cause that would be boring, right? This is why it's been impossible to make a good Superman video game. Cause he is too powerful and there would be no challenge and it would be boring. So they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're either going to have the powers be really good, but regenerate slowly. So you don't want to waste them or will have the powers not be too powerful so that even if you kind of abuse them, it doesn't really make the game like too super easy. And then those people got called into another meeting and somebody like one of the programmers came into the room and just saw <laughs> slow regeneration, weak powers and was like, okay. And like, and that's what they shipped was like two solutions to the same problem, which means they massively overcorrected. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, um, you, you you touched on the Superman video game I want to make, so strap in. But it does it does um it does call back to this, which is so like you said, is that one of the reasons why uh, in 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 our opinion uh, they've never really made a good Superman game is because Superman is basically a god, and you know like so they're like oh well his powers have to have a limit. It's like his powers don't have a limit though, you know. So how could you possibly create a game where you know like you have an infinite amount of power? And it doesn't like like go go anywhere. It's not lost. And the the thing is that that's the the point and the challenge of Superman is not whether or not he has enough powers to like punch his way through it. It's how many people would get hurt if he did. You know. So like for example, in the Superman game I would want to make right is you'd have like let's just say five objectives right, and you know you can use your supersonic flight as much as you want, but. If you push your supersonic flight too much, you'll blow the windows out of like, you know, all of the buildings and that will upset people. Right. And you can move as fast as you can. But then, you know, because your character's avatar is moving super fast, if you run into somebody while you're moving super speed, you'll hurt them, you know, and that will upset people. Right. So on and so forth, because uh, you're a big, terrifying alien. (laughs) Um, So so all that being said, that to me is the answer to to the mechanical problem that you're describing. Right. Is if ma- magic hmm, magic does in a hard magic system it is not always the limitations and costs you don't need always need both you can use one or the other you know and the limitation can be your character's like lack of desire to you know like be a horrifying monster like set up situations like have psychops uses heat vision all the time but then set up off the top like you know thing instead of the red explodey barrels make that a mechanic red explodey barrels right so that 
so that way you just can't go around spamming it all the time because you'll eventually be, get careless and blow up something that you shouldn't blow up. Right. You know? Yeah, or make, uh, like with Nightcrawler, when he's invincible, he's kind of, because he's supposed to be bamfing, he's just like flying all over the screen. So make it like kind of cumbersome to choose where I bamf back out so that I yes. can't, then while I'm doing intricate platforming, I'm not going to turn invincible because then I might bamf over a pit and die. Right. Like there's, and, right. and like with Wolverine, like that one writes itself because he has the claws and he's more powerful and that's awesome, but it's not, it's still not like a range weapon. It's not like it just kills right. everything in an area of effect. So like he, he can and should be able to have his claws out all the time. And it just means he hits harder than anyone else, which they already compensated right. for by giving him the worst reach because Gambit has his yes. staff. Nightcrawler kicks a lot. And Cyclops is a giant who occupies 80% <laughs> of the screen. And I loved it because every time he threw a punch, he threw like the worst drunken brawler haymaker where he's leaned way the hell over at the waist, but it means you can punch people on the other side of the level. Like it's freaking awesome. Yes. And the way they compensated <laughs> for that with Wolverine is he's not a giant, which is actually canon accurate. He's not a giant. So it's like, yeah. Oh, now he has his claws out. So he does way more damage, but he's, you still kind of have to be close to your opponent. Like, <laughs> well, and everything, everything you just described, would have been really nice and synergistic to the other thing that you mentioned, which I agree with completely, is um, is all of that would have made for way more interesting puzzles, right? Because then what you do is you could create an intricate platforming session. And so like section and, and that is also kind of good because it's like, OK, well, the thing it isn't always necessarily that one character is the correct answer is that there is one character that is clearly the wrong answer. Right. It's, it's, so like well, you it's said, like, like a, you got like a multiple choice thing, right? There's the character that has the obvious super powered way to solve this problem. There's the character that right. is so obviously not the right one to solve this problem. And then there's the other two who like could solve it, but you're going to have to get creative in how you do it if you use them. So it's like you've got your obvious right answer, your obvious wrong answer. And then you're like, well, these are valuable distractors. One of these could be the right answer. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. And so, and then that would even help with the, if they didn't pool health, right. Then let's say that you still wanted to do the, you know, each person has their own bar. You'd have to get rid of the permadeath thing because I don't really like that anyways, but um, that's just because that's one of those things that is very endemic of older video games. And I try, I know we've brought it up before and I try not to, because that was just a thing of the time. All old games were like, yeah, you get you know, three strikes and you're out. That's how games work. And it's yep. like, no, but you're inventing the universe. They don't have to work that way. Nope, three strikes and you're out. And it's like, uh. and I mean, we did we did <laughs> learn that lesson eventually. But that's that's one of those things that I feel like is no one was making that decision consciously. Everyone was just like, yeah, in video games, if you die three times, you have to start from the beginning. And it was just a a, a lesson that took us a long time to beat out. Yeah, and and that's fine, but um, but but then if you did it where you know there was a clear right answer, a clear wrong answer, and then but not an impossible one, just a clear suboptimal one, and then like two like meh, then yeah, if you've lost one of the characters, then it just you you you, you lost the the best one for the answer sucks. You still have other options. You only have the worst one, still possible, but just really hard, you know. And that would have been interesting, you know, because especially if you if you were like. Because then that would actually also um, do something which is uh, generally considered to be a good thing, which is uh, creating 
generating choice by placing in-game mechanics against out-of-game desire, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, Call of Duty accomplishes this because the most, the fastest, most efficient and direct path is usually the most dangerous, right? So that's how they create this kind of like challenge, right? Um, but that would have been interesting because everybody's got their favorite X-Men, so you want to play as that X-Men all the time. But if you do, then chances are they're going to die, and then you won't have that thing to solve the puzzle later. So it it'll force you to get some of the difference in kind by by saying you're like, oh well, you know that's fine, dude. Play as Wolverine. Play as Wolverine all the time. It's totally cool. You're gonna be screwed though if you let him die, and when you get to some of these sections, or even if you let him get to really low health, and then you have to go into these sections. You know, so it's like so. Be careful. You know, you may want to just like a good manager, like let everybody on the team take a shot. You know, like well, yeah. and this is I'm glad you mentioned the favorite X Men thing because because this was one of those things that I found. Uh, a little shocking at first, and then I compared my you know nine year old self to my thirty two year old self, and it made total sense. Which is uh, when I played this game as a kid, I am positive that even though Gambit was my favorite uh, X Men X X person, um, I still preferred uh, Nightcrawler in the game because Nightcrawler could teleport and be invincible while he was doing it, and that stuck with me as a mechanic that I recognized as a young kid as being really useful, right? And, and I, you know, I, I'd like to believe I'm a little bit better at picking things apart in their design capacities now than I was then, and when I was first playing, I was like, man, Nightcrawler, okay, I like his, his kicky thing, he, like, kicks down at an angle if you attack while you're jumping, and when he ducks, he has kind of a long reach because he, he like puts his hand down and kicks out. It's like, that's kind of cool. But then I started playing as Cyclops and I was like, wait a minute. In the second level, when you have all these jerks with like big, big rifles, when you duck, you are underneath their ability to shoot you and they will stand perfectly still and fire over your head for all of time. And if you uh, tic-tac them in the knees, they die. And the Tic Tac surprisingly does not use as much of your mutant power bar as every other power in the game, which is weird. So on, on mm. amateur, most of the enemies can be beaten with one or two shots of a mutant power. So the, the once I realized that going through the, the spaceship level, I was like, oh, every time an enemy's on screen, I just drop to my knees and you know reduce them to vapor from the knees up like (laughs) which was kind of empowering i was like oh like now i'm cyclops like i'm this super powered psychopath with laser tic-tac face and you know marching around the ship and then the game found a way to completely deflate my balloon which is uh you like fly in between the two space stations you know and you you have to go out onto the little platform to get onto the the shuttle that flies between the two parts of the space station and when the platform reaches the end of its extending animation it vanishes in one frame yeah. so i'm standing you know cyclops in because he's a freaking giant he's so much bigger than everybody else so i'm, <laughs> I'm standing on the platform and i'm like cuz i've now played this level a few times and it's like extending me out toward the ship and i'm like yeah i've got my knee blowing out technique down i'm coming for you guys i know that the stupid little asteroids perfectly alternate so i have to keep going between the top and bottom level of the spacecraft i've got this figured out and then the platform just evaporates under my feet and i plummet (laughs) to my death and i was just like (sighs) because i mean it's just it like 
the game had just let me get to a point where I was like, I had to memorize these things. I define this kind of video gamey mechanic to let me beat their super simple AI, but I'm feeling good. I'm a powerful mutant. <laughs> it just couldn't let me have it. Like it just couldn't let me be mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> because unfortunately um, the game, I think kind of falls into one of the problems that we've seen in a number of different games uh, and is, is not uncommon, which is there's, it is very easy to create a game that beats players. It is difficult to create a game that helps you beat it, you know? And this one f- seems to focus on the former where they're like, oh, yeah. And then, like, and then, like, the, like, like it, it, at every iteration of playtesting, whenever somebody just breezed through an area, they're like, well, how can we make it harder? Not How can we make it more engaging? How can we make it more challenging? How can we make it more interesting? We make it harder. It's like, what if the platform just disapp- disappeared without <laughs> warning? It's like, yes, incentivize that employee. So, all right, before we talk about whether or not it held up, I want to have almost like a, a, a preamble conversation, which is... Um, this is where I'd turn my chair around and I'd turn to the camera and I've got my suit jacket over my shoulder. And I'm like, we've had a lot of fun here today. Um, <laughs> but we, we, you know, we've played some games we loved. We've played some games we were indifferent towards. We've played some games we hated. And, and I want to be clear. I actually did not hate this game except for one design choice. Everything else I was mm. able to nostalgia goggles my way around getting to the very, very end of a level. Cause every level has multiple boss fights. So getting to the very end of a level and dying. And now that X-Man is out of my roster. I do not have full health with my other X-Mans. And I'm now back at the very beginning of the level. That was untenable to me. And a big punishing, it's punishing. And a big part of that is that I'm not a child on summer vacation with unlimited time to play video games. And I might've completely overlooked it if that was my situation, but I don't think I should have to. That is that is a mechanic that I was like, nope, this far, no farther. I cannot. After like the fourth or fifth time I died on Apocalypse and I had to walk through that entire level again, I was just like, no, no, like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, if you can't give me checkpoints or restart me at a boss, if I made it to the boss or something, and you're also, I'm now down an X-Man, I'm now, my powers aren't restored, my health isn't restored, like, you're giving me nothing to compensate me. Like, right. I have no insurance, I have nothing to show for my hard work. And that, that to me, was just an arcade mechanic. Like, they're trying to get quarters out of me, because I'm going to lose all my X-Men, and then they're going to go, continue, but this is a console game, so right. it doesn't do that, and it just throws you back to the title screen. And so, the reason I say all that is... Something we've never really, uh, I think, unpacked completely, but that this game, more than a lot of the games we've played, kind of put this idea in my head is I don't blame this game for its horrible design decisions because at the time, they probably were not horrible. They were probably... Industry standard. Industry standard to maybe even good, like having being able to switch character in the level and like try, you know, like do things that were dependent on their powers and, and interact with the world in a slightly different way, depending on the X-Men you were at any point, as long as they weren't dead. Like that's that's pretty interesting, right? And like having a slightly different reach and slightly different walk and you're a slightly different size target, like those were all interesting mechanics and the level design isn't super inspired, but it's pretty bog standard. Like that's fine. The sound effects are a total train wreck and I don't forgive them for that. But what, what (laughs) what this game made me realize uh, as I was playing it and what this conversation is absolutely cemented in my mind is 
I want someone in the industry or some talented ROM hacker or some someone to like go back and find these games. They could just listen to the show. Maybe find these games and remake Do them. I- yes. Remake them fixing these design. Let's not say fixing making more modern and more informed design choices because this game as frustrating as it was, I actually kind of enjoyed it other than the punishing level death thing. I was kind of like, I'm sort of enjoying figuring this out and like, where can I cheat the AI and which powers do I need to like the mechanics were okay. And I was like, man, there's just so many paper cuts though. There's so many damn paper cuts. And if they they weren't there, I would probably love this instead of just like struggling to tolerate it. And I think that the, the, you're, you're right. There, there's a couple of things that are like fundamentally where you're like, this is a fundamental flaw, but mostly the issue is just death by a thousand cuts, you know? We're just like, you know, the sound in and of itself isn't that bad, you know? There's some places where it's horrible and some places where it's just lackluster, but it's fine. When you add that with, you know, the weird permadeath system, when you add that with like all these other sort of things, it kind of adds up. And so then... In my opinion, um, the, to answer the question, does it hold up? Do you need nostalgia goggles to play this? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think now. And the 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 problem with the binary of even even now we've clutched the system with saying you're like, well, there's nostalgia monocle. That's like that's like yes, no, and maybe I'm, I'm, you know. I'm proud of not, that hack though. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and it's good. It's good. But I'm sorry. Even with that though, it's like. There have been some games where I'm like, you absolutely, you need the nostalgia goggles. It does not hold up whatsoever. Um, this game is technically a war crime, <laughs> you know, and, and this is not that. But that being said, like, if you are thinking, I should, you know what I should do? I should probably take a few hours sometime and go back and pick up X-Men for the Sega Genesis because, oh, dude, I love that game. and I would just love to play it. No, your time is better suited doing something else. In fact, I would say specifically don't do it because just hold on to that memory. It's good. <laughs> it's good memory. Don't, don't, don't rob yourself of that and your time by going back and playing this game. You, the memory is absolutely better. Let it, let it stay there. So my my last thought on sound is, um, would you? Does I'm this is a stupid question, but I'm generally kind of curious. Like, this is a point in history when we we still had like pew pew noises. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it would have bothered you less if Cyclops if it literally went like pew? No, <laughs> would that have been worse? <laughs> All right, and and then the last question I have to ask you is because uh, you said Gambit was your favorite X Men, who who did you play in this? Were you Gambit just because he was your favorite? Because we never actually addressed that, and that is shocking to me. Yes, uh, um, G- Gambit was my favorite X Men, but I I don't know why I just I got into a really good groove with uh, a giant Cyclops, <laughs> right. the Man Slayer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. He was. 100 yeah. percent my go-to and i would actually switch from other x-men back to him to restore his life more so that i could use him again sooner yes no he he his real superpower is apparently being blessed with gigantism <laughs> and uh and and laser vision but uh pew 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 pew
place to run. The mutant alien has now 